FTX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James in Austin. That's Joe in San Antonio. Um, and the high school season is really hotting up here. How are you doing, Joe? Good morning, James. How are you? Good morning. It is morning. Early morning edition it's of morning. the FTX Water Polo. Yeah, it's like NPR or something like that. We're up early. Um, this is an un- unusual. I think our it's typical. The, this is probably also the first time we've ever done it on a Friday. Yeah, that's true. And we t- it's typically like. 12 noon like twelve thirty, something like that that's when we usually talk so now neither one of us is quite as lucid as we would be otherwise but... oh i've been up since four thirty, so it's okay why uh, the kid woke up so. really yeah yeah huh so good but uh, yeah so but this will be out a later today so it'll be out the normal friday afternoon type thing that it, they're all out so um lots to talk about Lots to talk about. My kid doesn't wake me up anymore, except uh, now that it's a completely text-related relationship. So, completely different time. Yes, uh, Austin College hosted four games on uh, the, this past weekend. Um, it, we have to say this. Joe and I both <laughs> looked at the results. Like The loss to Augustana is not really the highlight of what August, uh, Austin College is doing. It was a bit of a surprise. I'm, were you surprised by that? I was actually surprised by I think... Austin College kind of put on a great tournament. From what I hear, it was yes, a great yes, environment. Yes. Um, they went three and one on the weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking that they were going to beat Augustana. Um, just you know, it's just sometimes you know you don't know what happens with kids sometimes, right? Who broke up with who, stuff like that. <laughs> um, who they played? Because you know, Mark has in the past said, "I'm going to just start a lineup of freshmen." So who knows? That's right. Yeah, exactly. So I mean. It's this is a just this is a tournament doesn't really kind of mean much right now, um, so he might be playing a whole, like a, like a whole lot of people. But uh, I think it was a close game. Yeah, fourteen. Um, and yeah. Augustana kind of came out on top at the end. Um, it was probably a bigger win for Augustana than it wasn't probably a, a huge loss for Austin College. I think Austin College will come back and beat them at the end of the year. So. <clears throat> Penn State Baron twenty five to seven. Um, and I always, you know, four f- years ago, that score would have been not reversed, but the Penn State Baron was beating Austin College regularly. And now it's not it's it's just not I was going to say not competitive, but it's just not as close. Twenty two to eight over Con College and then 12 to eight over Washington and Jefferson, which is, you know, they have a very good coach and hopefully they're recruiting better players. So that's a closer matchup than it has been in the past. And then Augustana, which is a second year program out of Illinois, which has Texans on it. At least one, I think, maybe more, um, and uh, so anyway, that's a, that's a closer game than we expected, and uh, they come away with the 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 win. So, but yeah, a great. So the first four games, sort of in a row, hosted in Sherman ever. Um, so a, a very good weekend for in that regard. And plus all the and plus all the other games that were played, not just the Austin College ones. Yeah, but we're from <laughs> Texas, and so you know. But uh, but no, congrats to Mark for hosting a, a great tournament, and good luck the rest of the season. Next up for them is they fly out to Riverside, um, Cal Baptist, and they get to play. For that, they're rewarded with a game against my UC San Diego Tritons, uh, Biola, another new program, Santa Clara and Fresno Pacific, um, and that's on Friday and Saturday, the 8th of October. So um, travel trip. We have to see what the travel team looks like and maybe talk to Mark before uh, that takes place. So there you go. Um, ODP is here, man. I can't believe I have kids on my team asking me, should I go? I'm like, yes, yes, you should go. And, uh, but it, it is for many families a little, it's not so much confusing. It's just a new program. They're accustomed to saying like, well, there's three clinics and we know where they're going to be. 
And now they're spread out by age group and by gender. And what I think some people don't understand is that's a really good thing. Like that to, to do, in order for that to happen, there has to be such demand that you need to spread stuff out. So this is a good thing, but we're underway well, this mean, weekend. Well, in previous years, you know, is everybody at one location. Right. There was a, only a max number that you could have this time, you know, and like a coach might be dealing with all the kids from all the different age groups. Now the, the coach can kind of focus on their own kids and, um, Sorry about the dog in the background there. Yeah, my um, dogs are not bothering us. I don't understand. And uh, so it's it's one of those things where this is going to be great for the kids to interact with their uh, specific coaches. The coach is going to be able to be focused on the kids that they're going to be working with all yeah. ODP season. And for those that are kind of curious about, do I do ODP or don't do a kind of ODP? Like ODP should be like, you know, it's not something that you only do. Like it is in addition to your high school season, it's in addition to your club stuff. You know, if you have the means at the time to do it, it's a great opportunity to go learn and work on your skills. Um, but it's, but, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not something you quote unquote kind of need to do. It's, it's an opportunity to keep playing and learning. Again, I always tell people there's five different ways to yet to do a skill. If you know one, two, three, it's great. And then you might go to a camp like this and yeah, and learn four. So, right. Um, I, I would focus way more on the fact of going to club. Like the, there are some people who think like playing on my high school team at ODP might be enough. I'm like, eh, I don't think so. I got to play club water polo. That is the key. And I'm not just saying that selfishly. It's, this is true anywhere in the country. Like it's just not enough to play the eight or 12 weeks of high school water polo. So there you go. ODP. Um, can you remind us? I'm t- don't want to put you on the spot, but I don't remember. There's in three locations this coming weekend. Well, Garland for the uh, for the youth, correct? And then I can't. Re- and then San Antonio. So it's Garland. It's that which is in North Texas for the youth boys and girls. Yeah. It's in San Antonio for the development boys and girls. Yeah. At the Alma Heights Natatorium, and then for the cadet boys and girls, um, it is in at the CFISD Natatorium fair. in Northwest Houston. Oh, I love those schools, man. They're all really. And good. today, and if you are hearing this on Friday, the twenty third, uh, that is the deadline to uh, kind of sign up. Um, you know. I think they have over 200 plus kids that are signed up through all three camps. So I heard some, that I heard that the Garland one might already be full. I don't know that, but that's what I heard. So I would be interesting to follow up on that. Um, but um, Garland's a nice big pool. They can golly. Add, like you know they can fit lots of people. So I haven't been, but you know watched it on video for JOs, and I am very jealous. Although the new uh, one in Round Rock is really working out well, except oh, for yeah. sometimes they got to ventilate that thing a little bit. Better. Yeah, just be yeah, just be safe traveling. To uh, the ODP stuff guys and uh, yeah just learn just open your mind and learn it's not always going to be the same way that, that, that you learn like be like be willing to learn guys development work is, hard. be ready de- to work hard work hard development is right in the name of the program I believe in that immensely like some people are more interested in just making rosters okay development and We've been talking about how you might learn different skills from different coaches or the same skills from different coaches, which is useful. But what you're going to learn also is from other players. Like you, you're going to be with other players that you have not experienced before, and that is always valuable. It's, it's a, it is a very, very good learning opportunity. So I would prioritize development first, and then hopefully afterward you get selected for a roster. That's, that's the way I would pitch yeah, it. Yeah, so there's the camp. Now there's a camp on October 23rd. Then after those camps, you know, again, you go to each individual camp. You have to you have to sign up for each one separately, and then, you know, they'll select twenty four to thirty kids to go to the next step. And then there's 
a super regional tournament in North Texas in January where for each um, kind kind of age group and division um and gender they will have two teams from the southwest zone and then after that they'll select one team per gender and age group to go to the national championship in march yeah awesome um yeah i i'm uh, i'm getting all pitchy about it it's very good uh let's move on high school um we, we have a bunch of rankings and stuff it's really fun but there, there's a few highlights from this past week of competition that uh, joe and i were talking about before we got on here um so let's go over those a little bit, Joe. What what were your impressions of what happened this this last week? I mean, week I mean, I mean it's just the past couple of weeks, you know. Like you got some of the big names playing each other, you know. You had um, you had St. Mark's go down and play a uh, straight Jesuit, and they tied. Uh, and like it was part of a tournament, so they didn't get to play it out. But uh, you know, and Strake's been having some very good close games with Brazoswood and Dawson. Um, it's just, I mean, there's lots of good teams playing each other, which is incredible. And then, and then I think on the boys side, you have the Highland park, they beat St. Mark's. So again, that first year program that, yeah, yeah, that beat St. Mark's. So, you know, it's, it, it's, I mean, there's a lot of district play going on. Um, Hebron high school boys, a little shout out to Donzi, our guest last week, they beat flyer mound boys. So, okay. um, and, uh, was it, um, there's, I mean, there's a ton of very good things going on and just very good competition Then on the girls side, you know, um, I think it's going to be foster. We've always talked about foster over yes. in Houston, but I think side Creek and Jeff Chandler are doing, uh, are just getting better and better and better yeah, yeah, coming yeah, on this strong. year. And they're, and they're just, they're laying waste to teams and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, just, I mean, it like up and down boys, girls, it's, I mean, it's just becoming a, a, a like a very fun season. That's kind of that's kind of leading up to playoffs that we'll talk about in a in a few minutes. So. You know, it might actually be true. It might not actually be true, but it feels like there's more intra-regional competition this year than ever, and it only makes sense. It's the first UIL season, but in the past we'd talked about these things, eh, you know, a little bit. You know, hey, St. Mark's got a chance to play against Dawson or someplace from Houston, but now it just seems to be happening more often. It's very, very, very cool. Um, uh, yes, we shall. Uh, let's go into ranking. So um, thank you for the coaches who voted. We'll go over these in order. No surprise, I don't think. Foster is the top rated girls team. Then South Lake Carroll and Denton Braswell are tied for second. And then Cy Creek. I'm, you know, you're supposed to go if there's a tie, then you only do a few. I'm, I'm going to continue. Meaning Cy Creek is, is fourth, technically speaking. Louisville Flower Mound is fifth, and I'm throwing in Bridgeland because they're the next team. Um, they got they received a bunch of votes as well. So those are the top teams on the girls' side. N- no real surprise to you, right? Uh, I mean, maybe Side Creek has been, um, you know, doing super well, and maybe they should be rated a little bit higher. But that's where we are this week. Yeah, but give a little love to like uh, Round Rock from Austin area, and you know, and Brandeis and Alamo Heights, and and Brennan from the San Antonio. I mean, yeah, come on. Give a little I, love, guys. Come I can't. On. I can't. It's a conflict of interest. <laughs> uh, uh, top five on the boys. Top, well, six. Top six. Here we go. Highland Park is ranked first. Uh, wasn't actually all that close. Brazos Wood second. Marcus is third. Strake is fourth. And per, uh, sorry, Dawson and St. Mark's are tied for fifth. So, again, six teams in the top rankings. Um, so, uh, I you know, a little turnover from last week. None of this is terribly surprising, um, but it does. Re- it just it really speaks to how interesting and fun and so on the regionals are going to be. I can't wait. Like it's really cool, really cool. Now I shouted out a couple of stronger teams 
from Austin and San Antonio. Yeah. Or I got to do the same. I got to do the same thing for the boys. Alamo you know, Bernie Champion. Yeah. Bernie Champion has been has beaten kind of all the different teams. They have. Okay. And then like like and then the like the next little group is Clark and Alma Heights and Brandeis on the boys side mm-hmm. down in yeah down in San Antonio. And I think Round Rock's doing a great job up there. Uh, like and then like the Austin High School stuff like that. So. Round Rock and Westwood are, I think, the on the boys' side are the strongest teams in the Austin area. Um, I haven't there seen you know. everybody play, but those are the those are the ones they they joust with one another. They those two are going back and forth. So I think yeah, and we have to give them a little bit of love because that's because that's where we're based at. So <laughs> um, and uh, you know, funnily enough, you're you've talked to Jonathan Landero. We're going to have that interview in a moment, but uh, we got to talk about what's going down in the valley as well. So um, we'll. Get to that at some point. Um, we also had two players of the week, um, and they are Joseph. Hey, McCreary. But here, yeah. here, before we get the players of the yeah. week, do you want to talk about Max Preps a little bit? I want to go back to that because uh, it is so. It's really fun. Well, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about so, it. So, like, so, 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 Max, so, so the UAL has um, a partnership with Max Preps, and you can go and you can and people can Google Max Preps. Um, Texas high school water polo girls or Texas high school water polo boys. And there's a whole ranking system in there. It's based off of, there's some sort of, uh, of uh, algorithm based off of results and people who play each other and stuff like that. Um, and it has a whole ranking of teams. Now it's one of these things where I, I know there's not all the coaches are entering all their scores. That's just another thing that, you know, is going to be a little bit better next year, but uh, it's fun to go on the ad to go in there and see all the different scores and rankings and stuff like that. Cause they are also getting compared nationally as well. That's right. There are, you know, one of the benefits of the UIL coming in, you know, to, to, to well, take over water polo for high school is that it, it has become a fall sport. And I know there's always been, um, you know, there's been some arguments that said that that's not necessarily a good idea, but now you get that not only the chance to play against, but also to be compared to teams from all over the country because it is largely played in the fall. Oregon, Pennsylvania, um, uh, not Illinois, uh, Florida, you know, so on. So, so here are the top rankings for the boys. And maybe you can punch up the, the girls while I'm at it. I couldn't get to it very quickly. But here are the top rankings in the whole country for boys' team. Number one is Huntington Beach. They're 7-0. Two is Newport Harbor. Three is Modern Day. Four is a team called Highland Park from Texas, fourth in the country, and then followed by Brazoswood. In fact, they're almost tied. So this is what the entirety of the UIL experience is going to be from now on. It's it's so cool um, that Max Prex has come up with this. It is an imperfect ranking system. There's no question about it. But so what? It's a lot of fun at the very least, and if not not actually uh, indicative of how, how well teams are compared to one another. Yeah, so on the girls' side, yeah, this is uh, have, this is the drum roll. We have uh, Foster is the number one ranked team in the country on Max Preps. <laughs> no, I don't no. It's Foster cool. Is a great team. They have a good it, coach. So go for cool. it. And then you have a team from Moraga and kind of kind of kind of so cool. And then Southlake Carroll is ranked number four, and Flower Mound is number six. Yeah, Brazos Woods number eight. So you know, and then uh, kind of side Creek is number 10. So that's the overall rank. So y'all can go there and have some fun kind of, kind of looking at that stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Go, go give it a chance. It, I mean, it's, it, it's, you know what the rankings have always done. And I remember when I first looked into this for total water polo and there was a, a site called lax power back in the day 
I don't know if it still exists. And it did the exact same thing for uh, lacrosse throughout the country. And when you set for me, when you set up these fictional matchups between like, here's the best team from Maryland versus the best team from New Jersey. Um, that's not a good example because they probably actually play one another, but you know, a team from Texas versus a team from the, the East coast. It, it's just, it's so, it's so cool. It's, it's, it is speculation. They don't actually play one another, but you let a little mathematics get in your way. And it's very, for me, it's very, very exciting. So cool. Go check out maxprex.com uh, for that. Um, now players of the week, um, Joseph McCreary of uh, Marcus and Morgan Spooner of Round Rock High School um, are the players of the week um, for uh, and thank you for those who submitted votes for that. So um, now speaking of UIL um, and this was educational for me as well. The way that the playoffs work is is, is set um, and it's the it's really a matter of how the competition goes up into the point where pe- where teams are seeded for the playoffs. But maybe you could go over a little bit about what the playoffs are going to look like up until the point where we crown a champion. Yeah, so I mean, I know we've talked about the playoffs a little bit, kind of generally before, but um, I mean, if everybody goes to UIL Texas and you can kind of go to the water polo site, there are the playoffs. Bra- yeah, brackets in there, so you can f- kind of figure out exactly kind of what district, it, or if you place this in this district, kind of, kind of, kind of, you play in the first round. Um, and for those that do go there, the W means the winner of that district. The R means the runner up of that district. The T means the third team in that district. And the F means the fourth team in that district. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and there are some districts and teams that are going to have some, um, yeah, some first round buys. Um, but, um, if you, if teams play all, like all the various rounds, the team that's going to win state is going to be the team that wins, that wins seven games. There is the like like the first round is the by district, um, and then the second round is the area, and then the third round is the regional quarterfinals, and the by district games uh, they they need to be played but like the district certifications due on October eighth, which is a Saturday, and then the by district games they need to be completed by that next Tuesday, October eleventh, and then um, and then the and then the area games kind of kind of need to be completed by saturday october 15th and then the uh and then the region quarterfinal games kind of need to be completed by october 22nd um no i'm sorry october 18th Mm -hmm. and then the region finals are going to be on saturday october 22nd then the state finals are on saturday october 29th and then um and then the uh and then for the regional finals you have um, that's going to be where teams. There's going to be the top four teams that have made it to the to the region finals. They'll play the semifinals in, in the morning, and then the championship games in the afternoon. So teams will play two games on that day. Got it. And then that and it'll be the same. It'll be the same format for the state championship the following weekend. Right. So you yeah yeah like, yeah, like your first three games are going to be at are going to be during the week or at a pool like we're like on a Saturday and then the regions, the region champs are at specific pools. Right. And then the state champs is in the, yeah, is at the Josh Davis natatorium in, yeah, in San Antonio. So, and for those that, that want to know the region champs um, for region four, the region champs are at the Southwest ISD aquatic center um, for region 
three, the region champs are the CFISD Natatorium, which is in Northwest Houston. And then for the other regions, um, the region, uh, the region, uh, the region one champs are at the LASD Aquatic Center. So I assume that's either the, the west side or the east side. I'm not quite sure. And then the region two champs are at the Lamar um, High School Natatorium. There you go. Uh, all coming up uh, very quickly. Uh, I know that there are a lot of games coming up this weekend in our region um, and, and, and the following. There's just tons of games going on on Saturday. So good luck to those teams who are playing, and we will follow along as these brackets are filled out. That, and that's going to be another thing, for at least for us as the podcast. We can just follow along what's going on, and it's now much more public than it was before. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, one of the regions that is participating is, is it down in the Valley, and Joe had a chance to speak with Jonathan Landero, who's the PSJA ISD Aquatics Director earlier. Um, and, the- and, and Jonathan has a great story, you know, just from, I mean, he's been down there almost 10 years now, but, you know, and, and, and we get into this here in a couple of minutes, but like, just, he basically started a swim team from scratch at four different high schools. And now they have all these huge, now they have great pools and he's just done such a great job and it's a, and it's a great story. So he's one of my favorite guys, actually. I really like him a lot. Um, so you, we, you got a chance to speak with him earlier and here is that conversation right now. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr. And when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Welcome to today's TX Water Polo um, Podcast I- interview with Jonathan Ladero of PSJA, down, yeah, just down in, the, yeah, down in the RGV. Jonathan, how are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing great. Good, good, good. So, so, so Jonathan, um, he's involved. He wears a ton of different hats. He's the PSJA kind of ISD Aquatics Director. He started the whole program, just kind of, kind of down there. Um, tell us a little bit about all the different hats, kind of, kind of that you wear within the aquatics world. Yeah. Th- uh, thanks. So, uh, my hats have been reduced a little bit, but the hat that I'm wearing now is a little bit bigger, and so. Um, I used to coach all four high schools here at PSJ. We started the, the program from scratch. Uh, they had not really ever had a program in, in well, swimming in general. Um, I think they had something back in the 80s for a very short time. And then uh, we started officially in 2013. Um, so right now I'm the aquatics director. We've moved on from, from where we started. I have uh, four high school coaches that coach each one of the high schools. And then um, – we have now we have four pools that I kind of oversee. And so my hat as a coach has been reduced and my hat as a administrator has, has increased. Um, I basically have to make sure all the programs for our, our school district are running well. We have sixth through set, through eighth grade aquatics where we teach swimming, diving and water polo. We introduce it to them at sixth grade and seventh and eighth grade. And then, uh, and, uh, and so right now that's what we're in. We're in the midst of the water polo season. The kids are getting to see what a real UIL game is like now. And, um, 
And so that's where I'm at right now. I, I also co coach with the uh, Olympic Development Program. So ODP, I'm excited about it this weekend because I actually get to coach a little bit. And, um, and we started a, a club program as well. It's called Tri-City Aquatics. And we literally just started that as well in September. So it's starting to gain some ground. So, so Johnson, Johnson does a lot. I think Johnson kind of wouldn't know what to do if he wasn't on the pool deck doing something. So he, here's the whole thing. Johnson's being a little modest too. Okay. So PSGA, um, I don't know what year was it that you guys started on there? 2013. 2013. You started in 2013. Like here, I want you to start swim teams. Okay. And you don't have a pool. <laughs> this is so this is what his challenge was at like four different high schools so and ps and psj stands for far san juan and almo um that's and it's just and it's just outside of mcallen and i mean tell us a little bit of story about just the, like that first year that first kind of like that yeah that first challenge that yeah that you had down there uh well yeah, so the first year uh, again like i said it was a program that never existed uh four high schools in, uh, in the Far Juan Alamo area. And so that's three different cities. And we did have one pool that had just been built. It was part of a, like a collaboration with the city of Far and it's a park and recreational pool. So we didn't really have locker rooms or anything that sort. The pool was great. Uh, and, and I was just grateful to have water, right? So um, we had that going. The, the challenges that we had then were transportation. Um, transportation was always an issue because the pool was in far. So the kids that were in San Juan and Alamo always had a really tough time coming over to the pool. Um, I remember in year one, we only had like a handful of kids. It, it was really difficult to, to get anybody to even understand what aquatics was, right? Because a lot of them didn't really, didn't really understand. When they heard swimming, they thought it was like, oh, I'm just going to show up and kind of splash around and play, right? Uh, and then once they realized that it was hard work, we would lose some of those kids. But the ones that stuck, uh, we were able to build a really nice culture. Uh, we had a kind of um, we had a, a theme called four teams, one heart. And so I think that was part of the, also of our success that we were able to uh, train together. And, and we had no choice, really, because it was just one coach. So um, if I would have kept all of them different, separate, I think we would have had like two kids on one team and three on another, and then like one on one on another team. So if we would have kept them separate, I don't think it would have ever worked. So, uh, the, the challenges that we were facing were just first introducing the sport to the community, right? What it was, and then, um, getting the kids out there, the kids that were participating, making sure they were able to get there. Uh, we're in an area where, um, you know, it's not, it's not very affluent. So uh, it's sometimes it's difficult for parents just to get the kids to, to practice, but I'm grateful for all the parents that they, that, that believed in the program and sacrificed to get their kids there. Uh, we had two kids that would actually skateboard on one of those long boards from Memorial all the way to far. So Memorial, San Juan is right in between far and Memorial. So Memorial is the furthest city from the pool and these kids will wake up at like four in the morning and skateboard all the way down <laughs> to far. So that's how committed they were. And, uh, and we always talk about that now, you know, 10 years later, we're, we're thinking about how things transpired and, and, uh, and it's been, it's been a ride. Yeah. And, 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 and I remember going down there, I mean, and 
Jonathan's talking about introducing the sport. He's talking about introducing swimming, not just water polos. Yeah, water polo is part of the whole trying trying to attract kids to the pool type thing, right? But like, you know, it's just, I mean, he was introducing swimming to a lot of these kids. But I remember after a couple of years, I went down there to like just kind of just kind of introduce myself and the nicest people, the nicest coach. I still remember bringing Brenda Villa down there and kind of and yeah, and kind of doing a tour of the Rio Grande Valley. But I mean, I mean, it's it's amazing kind of kind of where it's at today. And he kind of alluded to this, but I mean they went from just kind of sharing a pool that was attached to a water park, basically Mm -hmm. to now they have two pools, one on each campus that is 25 yards by 25 meters and a separate instructional pool that is covered, that is run by coaches that are out of the classroom that are there all day that are working with the kids and getting the kids doing stuff um and then they also have another super pool i don't know i and i don't know how else to call it that that uh, that <laughs> is that basically is the same a uh, very kind of similar layout to the ut swim center so i mean this is it is come a long long way and just uh, kudos to everything that, that you've done your staff um you, you guys have it is it is an amazing story and we have to get more events down there for sure but um i mean so yeah so now like i mean how did you get started in water polo? So I got started in water polo uh, when I was in college. I um, I went to a college that really pushed it, and that's how I was introduced to it out in Lindenwood University. And um, I didn't stay at Lindenwood very long, but when I came back and I decided to coach, as soon as I took the job at at PSJA, I, that was one of the things that I asked my AD. I was like, I'm gonna, I want to do water polo in the off season, right? And so. Um, water polo has always been a really like integral part to the success of PSA because um, like I said, as I introduced swimming, that wasn't super appealing to a lot of the kids yet. Some of them did enjoy it, but everybody looked forward to water polo Friday, right? If they did well throughout the week, then we would get to play water polo on, on the, on Fridays. And so once we got to the spring and we realized that there was a Tisca season, I mean, these kids were, all in and that's how enrollment actually started going up right and it started motivating them to also swim a little bit harder so it was for me it was just you know like peanut butter and jelly it it went perfect right so um that's how we got started we we started literally with uh, because in the beginning my boss said yeah you could do it but we basically didn't have a budget for it right so um, what my assistant coach Ben Waddell got some soccer nets I think that he had you know the ones that you throw on the floor in the gym and we found a volleyball and that's how we played uh in our first year in the second year um i showed that we had some some interest and and so my uh, we did have some money left over since from our swim budget and i was able to purchase some cages and some balls and some caps and and then things started kind of getting a little more serious like it went from just playing around you know just having fun to hey we can actually go and compete and so on that second year i think we started competing against um Mac high. So they had a coach that there at the time that was also kind of wanting to push water polo as well. And so we, we would play them every once in a while. And, uh, and I think that year we also went out to the Tisco West regions when consolidated teams were still being allowed. Um, you know, those, this was roughly nine years ago. So at the time the rules were still a little, uh, you know, a little more loose just to try to get people to play. So we went out there and, and played, you know, we would have two teams sometimes and it was, co-ed most of the time so um 
it was a lot of fun. I mean, we've gone from from all those things to now we're fielding all four teams uh, and on all four high schools. So, you know, we're, we're really proud about it and excited about UIL season. And yeah, and, and and it's always nice to see those kind of kind of transitions from the team that's yeah, that uses the tables on their side for goals. The like they use some little skin balls that are left over from somebody else, you know, borrow, yeah, borrow some practice caps and they go to their first tournament. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to line up to where they are now. They all have water polo team suits. They all have the little, they all have the latex caps. They all have their like, yeah, like, yeah, like their caps monogrammed. It's amazing just how far you, you guys have come. So kudos to you again. Um, I mean, do you have any suggestions for like, a coach that might be in a similar situation, like starting a water polo program, um, kind of how to grow, like, yeah, like, like their numbers and kind of how to recruit kids. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, it, it, it came about pretty organically. Um, I just did it with our swim teams, right. Once, uh, once it started getting more serious, uh, and we were go, cause I was always recruiting. Like there wasn't a lunch period that I wasn't at one of the high schools where I was, just recruiting kids like, Hey, you want to come swim? And they say, no. And like, well, what do you play? Well, I do this. Like, Oh, we have water polo too. So uh, it was just getting out there and talking to as many kids as possible, but in the water, it was really just trying to have as much fun. Right. Cause even the terminology, I wasn't like hundred percent sure. And sometimes I go to tournaments, right. And coaches and, or practices and ODPs and some of the terms that I use, the concepts are the same, but the, the terms are a little bit different. And, and so I would reach out to uh, coaches, you know, I think you were, you were a huge uh, resource for me, Joe. So you really kind of helped me structure the, the things a little bit better. Cause for me, it was just having fun and letting them play. Of course I wanted to compete, but, but you allowed me to get into more of a, of a structured uh, situation. And so I've always been grateful for that. Um, but use USA water polo as a resource. I think you guys do a great job of providing resources to, to the communities, right. And to the coaches that really want to play water polo. And so number one is, you know, use what you have right at, at home, use what you have and just play, just let the kids uh, get a feel for it. Um, the more you play, uh, the more that the, the game will start making sense to them you know, the different scenarios and the different situations and all that stuff. So we would just play and then I would stop them and be like, okay, what happened there? Like, this is what you could do here. And so just learning the game uh, and getting, having fun with it is really going to be the hook, the hook, right? Once you get them in there. And then once this starts getting a little more serious, then you can get more structured in regards to, to the way you run your practices and, and the games, right? Because right now we're, we're having that. We're having a lot of people on the Kind of on the teeter-totter like do i want to play water polo do i not like the coaches are not 100 percent sure whether they should do it because they don't feel confident in their in their knowledge and skills which is a little bit of what was going on here in the rio Grande valley but we're mid-season and all the coaches are all in so i've seen the growth from the beginning of the season to now right some teams that were thinking like oh we're just going to get creamed all year are now at the top of the list right so uh, it really didn't matter because every that's one of the things that we always would tell our our kids like water polo right now is we have a pretty decent level playing field like yes you're gonna have some powerhouse teams in the big metro areas of course because they've been playing for a long time but other than that it's brand new for the entire state so i would say don't be scared to 
to really just go in and have as much fun as, as you possibly can, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. So year one, I would take it as, as just having fun, learning and, and trying to uh, share the sport and introduce the sport to as many kids as possible, right? Uh, you never know. Like one of the things that um, we always had is that on our swim team, we'd have the studs, right? The ones that were really fast and they got a lot of the attentions and we'd have some kids that were okay swimmers. They were, you know, they hold their own, but then we'd play water pole. They'd be looking forward to water pole in the off season all, all year. Right. And then we play water pole and they dominate. Right. So it's a good way to find that, that, uh, that, that extra athlete that may not be a star in, in swimming, but uh, has a really knack for team sports and like, you know, the, the open future sort of team sport game. So um yeah 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 it's 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 keep it it's 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 let the kids have fun it's a way to keep them um kind of engaged and kind of kind of kind of in the pool it it helps them get faster it helps them get stronger so yeah i mean no i mean those are like that is the way to grow a program exactly what johnson yeah i just said now you mentioned high school season how i mean yeah yeah like you said your schools how are your schools like kind of doing in district play and kind of how has your whole season kind of been set up so two of our schools are doing really really well one is right on that bubble whether they're going to make playoffs or not and and the other one is on a rebuilding team they they just uh rebuilding year they just lost a bunch of um seniors and so they they have a lot of young kids on that on that program that that uh that are moving on up but uh raiders and bears the boys are at the top of the list uh on the girls side um the girl, the girl side are in third place for bears. Uh, and then, uh, our Raider girls are also, they haven't been able to feel the team fully. So they're kind of taking it on a, on a day on a game by game basis, but, um, but it's, it's going great. We're, we're having a lot of fun with it. Most of our games are happening on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, we thought Fridays would be a good day, but it's sometimes we run into that, you know, football is, is going is going on, but yeah, it's yeah, worked just, out. Just, yeah. Just football still King. Yeah. No yeah. matter where you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so Fridays, I mean, it's working out for us, but, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people would, would maybe they would rather have that Friday game than the Saturday have to come in on a weekend and, and play on Saturday. So Fridays is, is, is still kind of working out for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like this, right. You know, this is the first year of, of the UAL, the, yeah, the fall water pole, you know, Next year is going to be a little bit easier. You mm-hmm. have a longer runway tip. You got to get ready for it. You can plan. You kind of have an idea about how games are going to be now. So, but um, I mean, what are the biggest challenges or changes or, or, or kind of, kind of what's going on between the spring season and this new fall season? Well, I think the biggest challenge for our coaches in particular was how fast it got here. Right. Uh, I don't think they realized, Oh man, you know, August 1st, everything's got to be ready to go. Um, it, it just kind of hit them by surprise because some, most of them work throughout the summer and then they get, you know, the month of July off usually. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I got to be back already. So I think it was just like a, a little bit of a, like a shock to them how quickly it actually got here but they're gonna enjoy next spring they're gonna enjoy next spring so oh yeah for sure (laughs) so they so they had just finished you know spring season and then summer and then whoa water polo is here right so i think the biggest challenge was making sure that that all the scheduling was done properly uh we we had issues with with schedules uh 
one of you know some teams dropped out of playing water polo and uh and so that really kind of reduced the pool of of teams that we could play in non-district games and so everybody was kind of scrambling to just to pick up games because i don't think any of them are even near like the top of the the max games that they are allowed to play so uh they still left a lot of water polo to be played on the table and, and again that's just basically just because we're so far away right it's the valley and then the next closest people that are playing is, is san antonio which is about almost four hours away for, for for us so so that's been the biggest challenge getting those non-district games and um so the scheduling was tough uh, another thing was just uh, making sure that we had like the proper amount of officials um official i think is probably a, a it's, it's an issue i think the whole state right uh we, well, it's all we had sports too. It's all sports. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Um, and so, but luckily we've been we've been pretty fortunate uh, so far. Uh, but I know in the beginning it was it was a little bit of a worry as, as to how those things were going to play out because we have you know simultaneous games going on on Tuesdays and and that's another reason why we decided to go on Fridays because everybody was going to play Tuesdays and Saturdays and so I was thinking well if we do Fridays alleviate the pressure of, of some of the officials to to be able to to be available for those days um and then uh actually an unexpected but should have been expected challenge is getting uh uniforms cap seven is like maxed out like they, okay. they they can't get stuff out anymore the colors and the caps and um that was always that was also an issue that i think my coaches didn't anticipate so I think from here on out, we're going to be ordering all our stuff in January and and, and this yeah. in November and December, Every, so that so that we're ready for the following year. Everyone's going to have a much longer uh, time frame to get everything ready, for, yeah, for next year. But um, are are your teams looking forward to the playoffs? Oh yeah, they're super excited. I mean, of course, the teams that are that are doing really well are 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 just thinking about what that's going to be like and then the ones that are on the bubble are just hoping that they you know they it, it works out well for them so it's it's been really cool to see just the you know the evolution of the sport here uh, there was people that are like eh, i don't know but i want to play and now i talk to them and they're like oh man i can't wait for this and i can't wait for that and so it's so exciting to see because before it was like i was like a beggar i'd go around like hey you guys want to play water polo with me please just play my team so i don't <laughs> i don't have to drive seven hours to play a game <laughs> and now everybody's like all in so it's, it's super exciting yeah so those that are still listening to us um you know it's one of those things where jonathan was there and he was like the one team that was consistently playing each and every year so um and it that that just allowed the other teams to kind of slowly ramp up but he was always the always the one constant down there in the rio grande valley and one thing that he started doing a few years ago he's also a southwest zone odp coach so are you looking forward to to getting over to houston for the cadet camp this weekend oh man i can't wait so um you know as i said before my, as my administrative duties grew my coaching duties has have diminished and so it's been tough not being on deck and actually coaching the kids so to get to go up there and just be on deck and actually coach kids uh, i'm excited that's what i live for all right well yeah well john thank you so much for doing this just be safe driving um kind of good luck yeah with the camp this weekend and we look for, and i and i look forward to seeing it on, on the pool deck during the playoffs 
Cool. Thanks for having me, Joe. That was Joe's conversation with Jonathan Landero, the PSJAISD Aquatics Director. Uh, very good story, like you said before. Very uh, uh, interesting character and somebody who's really helped uh, grow the, the, the sport in the state of Texas. And uh, aside from that, that's it. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, and we'll, and, yeah, and we'll maybe even take a little bit of a deeper dive into the playoffs kind of next week and some little tiebreaker stuff and all that good stuff, you know, because, you know, teams are going to be tied kind of here and there. But, you know, as as this season kind of kind of progresses, again, this is the first year, you know, things become a little bit more clear about kind of health, about, about how everything's going to shake out. So. Yeah, and everybody's going to follow along. And like I said, the information is just much more available than it used to be. You know, like it was, it used to be so that finding information from different regions, it was a hit or miss thing. You could find it, but it, it was a little more difficult. But now I think that the reporting structure is just way better. So it'll be very fun to watch. Um, but aside from that, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. Until next time, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.